Three metres out from the line. Four tackle. Senna Lefippo at the back of the Georgia Hale. Georgia Hale, Lauren Brown. Lauren Brown at the back in. Invited by Legion. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! 12 nearly with a kick to come. It's a hard kick from the sideline. Six minutes to go. Come on, man. Hey guys, and welcome back to a very, very special episode here of the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast, where we every single week cover everything from the Gold Coast Titans men to our grand finalist Gold Coast Titans women's team. We go through the Host Plus Cup feeder clubs of the Tweedhead Seagulls and the Burley Bears, even though that will be changing next season. And we just basically encapture everything that is the Gold Coast Titans community here on the podcast. My name is Blaze from BKR Sport, and I'm always joined by Dane from Clarkie's Rubber League Column. How are we feeling, man? We are in the grand final. Mate, it's um, it's hard to come up with the words for it. We were messaging a little bit um, after the game on Facebook Messenger, and I sort of alluded to you there that I don't know how to feel. Like, I'm so happy, but I don't know how to uh, actually portray that into words because not only for the Titans, literally for every single franchise that's ever existed professionally on the Gold Coast in sport, we've not felt this feeling before. So it's a really, really special week. Um, and I am just struggling to put it into words. But I do want to jump into our Titans news segment. We'll touch a little bit on the men, um, but then, of course, it will focus, we'll turn to our women. Uh, on our men's side of the house, we had Tino Fa'asul Malawi and Alofiana Khan Pereira represent us quite well in the Australian Prime Minister's 13 game over there in Papua New Guinea. Big Tino had 99 metres, which was the most of any forward, two tackle breaks and 28 tackles. And big AKP, you know he crossed for a try, 103 metres and four tackle breaks. Uh, I mean, I saw the odds for AKP to score, and he was coming off the bench, and he was a dollar thirteen, like literally <laughs> short of the wings. That is wild. Uh, did you manage to capture that game? Uh, catch that game rather, and what were your thoughts on it? Unfortunately not, man. I wasn't able to actually watch that game. I was at a wedding in Yamba. Uh, Dan, who's a part of the Titans front line, he was getting married. I've known him for 13, 14 years now, and he was a he was a part of uh, the front line since the very beginning uh, alongside me. So uh, I definitely had to get to that one, but then I obviously got to stream that Broncos and Warriors schmozzle, uh, <laughs> obviously. But look, I knew that Alofiana uh, Campero was going to score in that game. You know, the, the speed that he possesses, the ability that that Australian team did have, and it was actually a bit more of a tussle than people expected. It was a closer game and, and Papua New Guinea really gave it a good crack. So it's really good for you know the locals there up there in Port Moresby to have seen their team actually perform at the big level. Look, very happy with Tino's stats there and, and, and I was thinking right before the game, I thought there's no way that Lofi doesn't score and bang, there we go. So yeah, really impressive there by the boys. Would, uh, would love to see more of our boys. Actually, no, would not love to see more of our boys there next year because I don't believe, I think that's only the bottom eight teams get uh, players inside of it, isn't it? Yeah, yep. You can't uh, you can't go there if you're still deep in the finals, of course. So it was mostly uh, made up of bottom eight sides. But regardless, so I very that. much hope so that we are not there next year. Tino and yeah. AKP, no sir, you'll be playing in the NRL finals. Thank you very much. Yep. Sorry, uh, Mal. And that, actually, I don't have this point written down, but I, I, I guess it, it probably is a good segue. Mal Meninga in the newspapers, uh, his contract with us does expire at the end of November, and he didn't say outright he was leaving. But he also didn't come out with a quote like, I love the Gold Coast, I want to stay. Um, and so there was speculation he might move to the Dolphins. When asked, he said, I would really love that. I would love the challenge. So I, I don't want to speculate myself, but it sounds like Mal is going to finish up with us. Do you get that vibe as well? 
Yeah, probably, to be completely honest with you. I, I really don't know. I think his role at the club is a lot more hidden than everyone is knows. Like, I'm not too... I don't think many people actually know really the impact that he's, he's meant to have at this club. So, look, I feel like even revolving this, like we even had the, the rumours of him leaving when we had the, the Justin Holbrook news and whatnot because he wasn't informed or, or whatever. And obviously, that was kind of the right decision at the time because we didn't want too many people knowing that Desi Hazel was coming in. We didn't really want too many people knowing so that it didn't break into the media before we could control it. And Stevie Mitchell really did control it well. So, look, I, I really don't know... A great deal, and like I know a lot about this club, but I'm not really too certain about you know the the the, the whole hundred percent impact of Melmaninga. So um, yeah, look, if if he stays, then welcome to the club. Keep staying at the club. Keep cracking on. If he doesn't, then look, I, I feel like uh, we could definitely look to to finding somebody else to replace him. Yeah, Kangaroos coach, we'd love to keep him. And on a side note, you got to love the media, right? Like Steve and the rest of the executive team hide that news so well. And the media are just so off it that all of a sudden, oh, the Titans, years of failure. Oh, Tino and Dave want to leave. Uh, they just went after it's harder. It's felt like after that. Mm. Final news point to all of our listeners. We'll be having an NRLW open training session this Thursday at 4.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. That's at Titans headquarters, which is the club at Parkwood Village. And, of course, we would love to see as many of you there. You'll be there, of course. I won't be. Uh, but it, it, it'll be a great afternoon for our NRLW girls. We'll jump into our review in a second, but I want to give you a chance, actually. Through to the first ever grand final, you are someone that's been with this club since its very inception as part of the front line. Can you put into words just yet what this occasion means, or are you, like me, just still a little bit lost because it's so monumental? Yeah, it's very difficult to put it into words, man. Like, there's a lot of us who have put, you know, our our life into this team. You know, our, our blood, sweat, and tears. And trust me, I have actually, funnily enough, when I was streaming this game, the Titans versus Roosters game, and I was in this chair. This chair kind of like, I don't know if you can hear it, but like, this is it moving back and forth. So it has like clicks. And when I celebrated our first try, I think it was, I've actually cut my finger here. So I'm actually, I am bleeding to this day still for this team. And, you know, through the drums and whatnot, I have over time. But yeah, look, I've been here for a very long time, man. And we've never had any kind of happiness. We've definitely never had any representation for us on the big stage. And this is the big stage. And although there is going to be a lot of people out there who don't really fully understand the community aspect of this and they don't really fully understand the enjoyment that the women's game can possess because they may have old values and whatnot. The fact of the matter is is that when you are involved in this club, you know that this is a massive, massive platform for the entire club to really take that next step because we have never made a grand final across any sport. We have never won a premiership across any sport on the Gold Coast. We've always been known as the place where sport comes to die. And it's it's a really difficult place to actually support a team, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is that I feel like so the VFL VFL team in the AFL for the Gold Coast Sunnies, who Gold Coast Suns have never made even the finals, fun fact. But the VFL team won on Sunday. So it's like there's been a curse that's broken there, man. Like, that's not a professional big-time sporting league. That is the league below the AFL. It's like basically winning like a host plus cup kind of deal. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that that happened, and that is a massive real improvement for the Sunnies. And then we won our game when we were massive underdogs against the best attacking team, best defensive team, blah, 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 Roosters, down at Allianz. And then we've won that, and we're into the grand final. So... 
It's just so much to take in, man, because, yeah, look, although the women's team is still fresh, it's still new, it's only been really... Our team's only been going for, what, three seasons now? The fact of the matter is is that, yeah, look, we're um, it's, it's really difficult to put into words. I have cried... I cried many times, actually, on Sunday, to be completely honest with you. Um, I heard the, the girls are actually watching my Instagram story on the bus home from the game, so, you know, it's good to see that they're obviously immersifying themselves inside the community, and, yeah, look, it, it, it definitely does mean a lot and it's a great platform to really improve this entire club into the right mentality especially with a guy like Desi Hasler coming in next year for the men's and then Karen Murphy to continue becoming potentially an immortal of uh, of the women's game because she is incredible and what it does is it really it's we're seeing actual tangible improvement and progress based on what our executive said a few years ago and that was they want to bring premierships to the Gold Coast and people laughed at the time Maybe other fans within their rights to do so based on the track record of Gold Coast um, professional sporting clubs. But alas, we win and we are through to the NRLW Grand Final. Let's jump into that review. It was against the Sydney Roosters, not just underdogs. From what I could find, the biggest betting underdog in NRLW Finals history. We were the longest shot to win the Grand Final, according to betting odds markets. We were written off uh, before the game. I'm not sure if it was on the Channel 9 coverage, certainly on the Fox League. Jessica Surges could have returned for this game, but the Roosters thought, no, she's, it's not worth risking it. We'll, we'll walk over these guys and have her return for the grand final. No one tipped the Titans in this. I did a video with Watch Her Footy, which is an NRLW page on Instagram. No other content creators there tipped us. I know you and I did. We tipped us to win this game. We do win this game. We are through to the grand final. Mate, can you please break it down for us? What a game it was. Oh, it was an incredible game, man. You know, when I was live, everyone got to see my pure emotions and raw reactions to this game on BKR Sport. And, you know, it was a really crazy moment because you go in with such high hope, such high belief. And, you know, you know, and and what I've been saying for weeks now, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for, for weeks now... I've been saying, like, this is a completely different team to when we played the Roosters and the Knights for our only two losses this season. Now, you know, the Knights have gone and lost to the Cowboys at some stage we've beaten, and the Roosters have have lost to the Knights and also to uh, the Raiders at some point this season. And yet, the only two teams that we actually lost to were the two best teams in the comp. So it does show you how volatile this competition is and how you know exciting it can be and that you don't really know what's going to happen until that full-time siren goes. And look, it was a real nerve-wracking game for sure, but looking back on it now, we obviously had different vibes and different thought processes during the game, but looking back on it now, there really wasn't a point in the game where we looked like we were going to lose that game. We looked like the most dominant team across the park for the full 70 minutes. Like, it was it was incredible. We we dominated the forwards. We really got under Taron Aiken's skin. You know, our kicking game was fine. We had a, a few shaky moments in the first half catching the high ball, but outside of that, our defense was, was fantastic. And uh, to, to really encapsulate that, the Roosters have scored 284 points throughout the regular season, through their nine games, 284 points. That is the best in the NRLW by quite a bit. That's 60 better. It, it's literally 60 better than the uh, the Knights, and it was 30 better than the Broncos. But fun fact, the two best attacking teams actually are out now because the Broncos lost as well. And then you go in regards to, you know, yeah, the Knights who are on top of the table, 60 points better than them so far this season. And the last time we played the Roosters... We lost 30-8 to eight at Seabus. Trust me, we'd know because it was uh, <laughs> I was there. And then we lost the Panthers in the men's right after, which wasn't a great day. But this was a great day on Sunday. And, and it just really was a great sign to see 
every single player put in a shift. You know, I truly believe that when we get to our three two ones, that we will have vastly different three two ones. And I think that there is a genuine chance to put pretty much anyone in those three two ones because it was a complete performance. And just to wrap it up as well, that pass from Ivanya Politi to Destiny Minas in a party to really seal that game to make it a twelve nil game was simply incredible. Like that pass really shows the quality has drastically improved in the NRLW from seasons past. So very fun game to watch, very tough game to watch, but geez, we honestly, we dominated the Roosters. Where my mind went in this was a conversation we actually had early this year. And we were sort of discussing and saying how all these other NRL fan bases have had um, for those that aren't watching on YouTube, I'm doing the italics with my, with my fingers, their <laughs> moment. We've never, we, we, we spoke and we said we've never had our moment. Certainly we've had some, some slopes in the valley. And I don't use the word valley to be insulting, but we certainly haven't reached um, <laughs> anything of great significance. When we got the one finals win against the Warriors, that was really cool. The final regular season in, uh, game of the regular season in 2021 to play finals. We got a big win there. But we've never really had our moment. And ultimately, for me, this is our mountain. This is our moment. Like, we've done it. We've. This is the moment where no matter what happens in years go past, we can always look back to this and have a sense of connection, belonging, happiness, joy, and remember the moment that this was. The fact that it's our woman's side for me doesn't change this in any single way, shape, or form. It is the Titans as a whole, as a club, as a community. And I only offer that because I have seen some talk online, uh, potentially not offering it on the same pedestal as if it was our men's side. I go back to my previous comments looking at this game, and I said, as cliche as it is, the keys to victory in this one was defense. I said, if we defend well, we can win. Well, we defended better than well. We were perfect. So naturally, we did win that. Defense wins premierships. We know this. It doesn't matter if it's under sixes, a World Cup, State of Origin, NRLW. It doesn't matter. Defense is always going to be what wins you the premierships. The fact we held the best attacking side over a 10-game snapshot, including this one, to zero is absolutely phenomenal. The Roosters are a very good side. They were premiership favorites all season and heavy favorites in this one for a good reason. So I'll be honest to you, I saw it slightly different. With 20 minutes to go, we're up 6-0, and I still wasn't fully convinced we were home. I felt we were in control, but I just just knew the footy gods might have something to, something to say here, and I, I certainly hope that wasn't the case. Destiny... Minnow Cineparty. When she catches that long ball from Politi, genuinely one of the best passes you will see at any format of the game, that might have been our most hype moment in history. In the Titans' whole history of existing since 2007, Destiny catching that pass and crashing over genuinely might have been the most hype and excited I've ever been for a Titans try. My final thoughts on this one. Last week I said I couldn't be more proud of this side. Through to a grand final qualifier. And I was wrong because just one week later, I'm even prouder again. This is a historic moment for our club, our community. And dare I say, the loyal fans of the Titans that deserve this moment. And I, I literally offer that to every single person listening right now that's given something to this club in a way of membership or rocking up to a game at Seabus or supporting this club just by watching with friends and family, by wearing a jersey at the shops every now and then. Every single Titans fan deserves this moment. We've all given a lot. We all have given a lot since 2007. And we deserve this moment. We need to appreciate it. We need to enjoy it. It's, it's historic. And I still don't quite have the words for it. I don't want to not do it justice. 
and I don't have the perfect words to sum up this motion, emotion and moment for us Titans fans, but man, we deserve this. We do. Uh, any final thoughts from yourself on this game before we go across to our 3-2-1s? Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly in regards to the community aspect. This is what I always say to people, whether it be on YouTube, Instagram, this podcast, Facebook, wherever that you guys do see me, I'm always saying it is about the community. The footy is the face of it. The community is the whole, is is everything. The Gold Coast Titans represents the Gold Coast and being proud of where you're from. And even if you're not from the Gold Coast or living in the Gold Coast, it's still where you really find yourself in. Because for me... I've never really been of the big belief that you can kind of just choose a team to support and there's just nothing in it. It's just that you support them and you get the same feeling. I don't really get that. What I think is that you've found something in yourself in that team or that city and that's what brings you here, right? So I feel like you know it's, it's a great thing here to see our club on the big stage because it gives the people who maybe live in a tough life or, or just some, some happiness or some respite through their tough times to really provide that, that, that big moment for them and, and so they can be distracted for that little bit of time. That's why I do everything that I do. And I feel like that's what really people need to remember about the whole purpose of what sport is and rugby league is and the Gold Coast Titans as a whole. And what these women have done this year has been nothing short of phenomenal. Like I know that I did predict it pre-season that we, we had the team and that we we're going to go to the grand final and I thought that we would win the grand final. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking pretty good for that right now, but people will pass it off as bias. It wasn't actually bias. Like I, I was genuinely saying... We have such star talent here. We have New South Wales caliber players. We have Queensland caliber players, Australians, you know, New Zealanders. We have we have such a quality team across the park and we are so well-rounded, so balanced. And although people will go back and say, well, look, you lost the Knights already. Well, guess what? We also got pumped by the Roosters early in the season and we just beat them 12-0, right? We got beaten 30-8 at home. We just beat them 12-0. So we really have come together as a team. We're well-balanced. And I'm, what I'll say in the next part when we talk about the Knights preview is that we didn't just make the grand final. We're not just there and we're happy to be there. I'm actually genuinely confident after the performance here against the Roosters that we can take it to the Knights. We didn't lose to the Knights by that much. We're actually in the game for the most part. We played them at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So I feel after this Roosters game that we have put ourselves in a place where we genuinely could go and win the, the grand final this weekend. And that's crazy to say. I mean, go back to community for a second. And, you know, ever since like literally humans were humans, it's all been about belonging to a community, a sense of belonging. And I feel like the Titans are really good at that. Like when I'm with Titans fans at games, um, when we're having dinner afterwards, when we're at training sessions, whatever it might be, I just feel good. I feel good in myself. I feel happy to be there. I love our community so much. And um, on what you said there, I mean, it's literally, so we lost to the, the Roosters by 22 points. So we won this one by 12 nil. That's a 34 point turnaround in the space of just over a month. Like when we say this side has improved, we, we really mean it. And when we did say we could win the premiership this year, it wasn't blind bias. I mean, I know for myself, I said we would lose to the Warriors, Panthers, Cowboys. There were games this year where I like, i genuinely spoke on the podcast and as much as I want to see us win I didn't let my bias get in the way of my judgment and I do try to be very honest uh, with the way I'm seeing things with footy as do you so I will say as well in regards to what you're saying is that 
like preseason, you thought that the Roosters would win, and that was fair enough as well. Like that was fair to call that because they were the favourites. They did have, they have bought. They, they, and I'm about to give you a compliment here: is that they, they have bought really, really well, and they bought a whole heap of talent, and they had a really quality team. But the point to prove is that if you thought the Roosters to win, and we've just beaten the Roosters, that should tell you that. Your next in line probably should be the Titans because we're the ones who have knocked them out. And I feel like if it wasn't for the Roosters, you probably would have gone for us. So, look, I think that, yeah, look, it, it means nothing. And as we say all the time, it means nothing if you just tip your team over and over again. We've tipped multiple times against our team this year, as you said. You know, and, and usually they come true, except for the Cowboys game. That wasn't a good one. Mm. We, we did tip against us for that one. But, again, like, in hindsight, that's great. But with, that also won, like, seven games in a row to that point. We are coming off an absolute, you know, schmozzle of a couple of games refereeing wise so and we were on a bit of a losing streak ourselves so you can forgive it but again you know we're, we're going to try and be as realistic as possible so look yeah I'm uh, yeah really happy with this team man. we're just really happy with the team yeah it's always a, a fine balancing act when you're on a Titans podcast between uh, wanting to appease every fan who wants to hear us say a certain thing and, and trying to win, keep bro. it real exactly right uh, but let's jump into our three two ones I'll kick us off with my three points it was really really tough this week as you said we probably have very different lists just because every player I could genuinely say something positive for I went to Vanio Polite uh, for that try assist predominantly it was six nil to that point and that cutout pass was amazing throw in two line break assists nine tackle breaks and 26 runs for 263 meters over 80 of those post contact a really, really dominant performance from one of the best fullbacks this competition has to offer. Who got your three points? For me, man, I'm going to have to go into a different direction, but not by much, man, because honestly, again, every single woman on this team was incredible in this game. But I'm going to go to a position that doesn't usually get a shout-out, and that's Destiny Minnow-Sinapati. She was the winger for the Titans on the weekend. She's been a fantastic player for the Gold Coast Titans this season. I believe she won the Rookie of the Year uh, for... It wasn't for the Titans, but it was somewhere else. Um, it was for something else. But she is an incredible talent, man. And, you know, obviously we came to this season and we were thinking that it, it, the, the wingers... We didn't actually really know. We had Emily Bass come in. But right now, Emily's trying, struggling to actually get back into this team with how quality our wingers are. And you go and look at Destiny Minos in a party in this game. I thought that every carry back she had from the back line was fantastic. I thought that she was defensively sound. She had 15 runs for 149 metres with 55 kick returns. Post-contact metres of 25, which is really solid there for a winger, to be fair. She had two line breaks in the game. She had eight tackle breaks in the game. Uh, you know, she had 38 uh, running meters from dummy half runs, which is really good there. Those hard yards out of the backfield and just really pumping it through the winger to give those forwards a bit of a rest there. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think that she was she was our best best player, man. I, I really think that there wasn't a bad part of her game in this game and ultimately was the one who scored that try uh, to really seal it for us, even though it was from a brilliant ball from uh, Ivania Politi. That try sealed it and Destiny put it over. So I thought she had an absolutely exceptional game. Yeah, the way she hit that with timing and precision uh, to be there perfectly for that pass was amazing as well. I had a Google there. She was the BMD Premiership Rookie of the Year, which is the uh, female Queensland Cup, essentially, uh, which is the competition before the NRLW kicks off. My two points, I went our skipper, Georgia Hale, 128 metres and 57 tackles in the middle. Like, we're not talking 57 tackles against scrubs. We're talking 57 tackles against genuine rep forwards in that forward pack led by Millie Boyle. 
to make 57 of them in a grand final qualifier and still run over 100 meters it's something that you don't often see except from like superstars in the men and women's game i, I can probably only think samama taufer has put up numbers similar to that for the eels uh last year and in the men's game you probably only would see that from like a Payne Haas or isaiah yo to be completely fair so absolutely amazing from georgia hale what she was able to do while she was on the field who gets your two points? It has to go Georgia Hale as well. I think 57 tackles is ridiculous. It, it, it is just absurd again and again and again and again. You know, uh, just to really reiterate this to people, 57 tackles in the women's game is only 13 minutes. There. Like, if you're going tackle per minute, she's only 13 tackles off doing a tackle a minute, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, she's just a ridiculously quality player, uh, throws her body at the line. She is a brilliant leader for this club. Like, the way she leads this cl- club around is is just phenomenal. And I called her as my preseason MVP. And look, I'm not disappointed at all, man. She has just been an absolute star here for the club. And I'm really excited to see how this club matures under her in the coming years as well. Not just this season, but she is the woman that we want to want to lead us into future years as well yeah absolutely off the top of your head can you remember who did get our female player of the year at our awards night shannon marta i believe it was yeah that's right it was shannon yeah well deserved i agree shannon's a great option there uh i said politi for my prediction you said georgia hale have to think we were both really close but ultimately shannon marto has yeah you know what i want to say she probably has been the best prop in the nrlw this year yeah, I, I genuinely, I was actually, I, I did this on a, the RLA players Instagram post today. I tagged her and I said, because there was a, a poser who should win the prop of the year. And I tagged her mm-hmm. and I said, it should be her because I genuinely believe that Shannon Marto has been the best prop in the NRLW this year. And that's saying something considering we've got another fantastic talent, Jessica Elliston, and then you've got talents like Millie Boyle and whatnot. But, you know, we, like Millie did obviously have an injury in the, the Roosters game, but outside of that, we kind of really dominated the forwards. We dominated the forwards and that shows because every single week, I'm always saying we have the best front row collection the best front row pairing in the competition. And I've just left a comment on that exact post tagging Shannon and Grant saying for sure. <laughs> the yeah, same post as mine. Boyle. Yeah, I got yeah. on it. Uh, <laughs> up against Millie Boyle, uh, Christian Pio and Sarah Tongatuki. But in my mind, yeah, I think Marto and Boyle will probably win that. Um, and, and I have Marto number one of those options. Uh, I haven't said my one point, have I? My one point this week goes to Destiny Minnesota Party for the same reasons you said for your three points. That moment was just amazing. It'll be etched in my mind forever. And as I said, in terms of a club that hasn't had as great a success as we would have liked, that moment with just nothing else mattering in life but the footy, seeing her crash over, it's just something I'll never forget. So she gets my one point. And who got your one point? Yeah, and so basically we've got the same three to one, just flipped them around. I've got Ivania Politi as my one point. You can't go past, you, you have to give some kind of points to, to Politi with 263 running meters through 26 runs at 80, 82 kick return meters and 82 post contact meters with the two line breaks, the try assist, which was one of the best try assists nearly anybody ever did see. Uh, just a great game all round. In the first half, the reason why I took three and gave it one, in the first half there was a couple of handling errors. She did have three errors in the game. Three handling errors says three errors there. Uh, but yeah, the point of the matter is, is that there was a couple of mistakes early, which did worry me, but she turned it on after that. After she kind of got a rhythm for the game and got a feel for the game and, and got those errors out of her system, man, she absolutely dominated for the rest of this game and, and just absolutely took it apart from the fullback position. So yeah, really happy with what Vani Paliti is doing here for the club. And uh, you know, a- again, like there was... 
out of the two girls that we said beat preseason, Avanya Politi and Georgia Hale, like there's no real <laughs> there's no real loser there. And then you know Shannon Marto has just been incredible. So yeah, I think we we did pretty well on the old predictions. And yeah, she'll get my my one point here, Politi. And when I said that I genuinely could say something good for every player. I'm gonna, if you don't mind. I don't want to take Go too for long it, for our listeners, but Go dude, for please it. jump in whenever and add. But Karina Brown, incredible yep. scoots from dummy half that got us on the front foot. I loved it. Jamie Chapman, every run, I feel like she broke a tackle. Um, it was just a very, very dangerous attacking display. 52 post-contact meters as well. Beautiful. And that first contact and the leg drop from her really helped our momentum. Niall Williams-Guthrie, I mean, incredible. 20, how many tackles was it? 16 tackles, it felt like more. Defensively, rock solid, and her experience winning gold medals was absolutely on display. Our halves, I thought they both kicked so well. Mm. Every kick was awesome from our halves. I loved that. Um, we've mentioned Marto and Ellison and what they do every single week. Uh, 12 hit-ups for Marto, 17 for Jess. Uh, Brittany Brailinati, that try was awesome. I mean, it, it was there for the taking, but to scoot, and knowing that you've got options out wide, it took a lot of courage. She made the right decision. I love it. I think it. she's nominated for uh, Hooker of the Year at the Dally M's too, isn't she? Mm, I'm not too sure of that, but I can tell you in one second. No, I can't. It's not been posted just I'll yet. I'll do it. You keep going. I'll, I'll keep doing it. Yeah, no, no. The NRLW um, nominations have gone up, but uh, just let me know. Yeah. I, I was scrolling through their Instagram. I couldn't see there. Zara Canfield, know. we didn't see too much from her, but the energy to start the game was finals intensity. Shaley Bent, I say it every week, she is our forward X-Factor, four tackle breaks. She is our David Fafina, man. Shaley and David, obviously together, but they are the same player, but for the respective teams. Mate, that's a great call. Uh, Lafipo and Parisi, we didn't see too much of them from the bench, but whilst they were on, the energy was there, and I loved that a lot. Steph Hancock, 20 minutes, 20 of the best minutes you'll ever see from a veteran that just kept working for us. And Riley Jorgensen, we can't say enough positives about her. The way she comes off that bench and just brings energy to everything she does. I love that she went at Taryn Aiken. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think I'm she was told biased. to do that too. I'm pretty certain she was told to yeah. do that. Well, I'm hugely biased in this tape, but it felt like Taryn Aiken was treating her as, oh, you're the rookie. I'm the star here. I'm the Australian player. I'm the Queensland rep player. And Raleigh's like, no, nah, mate. Like, I'm going to show you who's the boss out here. And, and the way she played was awesome. So, yeah, sorry, but I had to do it. There is a kind word that I genuinely mean on every single one of our players. And just, just, just to, to throw in here, there? yeah, just to throw in here, uh, Brittany Bradley-Nardi is nominated uh, for Hooker of the Year alongside Emma Manselman for the Cowboys and Destiny Brill for the Broncos. And and just on Riley Jorgensen as well, uh, she's actually got a couple of her own nominations here. Uh, where is it? She's got uh, Rookie of the Year for the Titans, China Pallada for the Cowboys, and Anessa Biddle from the Sharks. Uh, so Riley's up for that one. And then she's also up for, I believe, for the Tackle of the Year uh, alongside Ja'Kai Whitfield from the Tigers and Crystal Blackwell from the Cowboys. So yeah, Riley. And also the NLW Proven Summons Medal uh, she's up for, Riley Jorgensen. So she's just had an exceptional year. And I believe she's 18 now, FYI, because um, they were saying, I think, in the commentary, last week on the podcast, we didn't actually know how old she was. Uh, and yeah. there was there was one that said like 45. There was one that said 60. Uh, we, we ruled the 45-year-old one out, but um, yeah, so I, I believe she's 18. Mm, I, I did uh, see after the podcast, and I remember she did play for the Maroons under 19 side, so we can safely mm. say still a teenager, which is incredible with what she's doing in this competition. What I've done is just brought up the NRLW Dallium Award nominees, and I reckon later in the podcast we'll go through and have a careful look at which exact position our girls could be up for, but yep. we need to jump into our grand final preview we're against the Newcastle Knights. We're at a course stadium. 
this Sunday. At can you just repeat that, please? Uh, can you just keep? We can you, need yeah, again. to preview our grand final against the Knights. Our grand final. Now, our my first point for our viewers: grand finals are exclusive to Channel Nine, so this one won't be on Fox or KO. Just a quick note there. This is a night side for me who are reigning premiers. They've only lost one game all season to the Cowboys in round two, who, mind you, we have beaten. The form guide reads two sides that have won their last five or more consecutively. They did beat us in 2022 by four points and this year by 12 points. But I think every single listener knows who we're going to tip in this one. So please tell me why our NRLW side is about to bring home gold for gold. Because we're going to bring home gold for gold. That's what we're going to be doing because we are a much different team to when we played them and they didn't actually beat us by a hell of a lot. Like they only beat us by what? I think it was 12 points or so. Do you remember the scoreline? I don't remember the exact scoreline, but I can get it up. Thank you. Yeah, look, we we have a, a good chance to really make up for that one because, again, as we have <laughs> really said it multiple times now, we lost the Roosters 3-8 in the regular season and beat them 12-0. So, and that was the week after the Knights game in Newcastle. So if we've changed that drastically since then, now we've got this absolute confidence in this team. Like the confidence that this team possesses going into this game is surreal. It's absolutely surreal. You know, I'm seeing it on Instagram. You know, the, the girls are really getting amongst it. And I really feel like there's just a vibe in the air, like the Gold Coast curse has been broken. There's a vibe that we're really going to change as an entire club, women's, men's, everything going forward. And that what Dennis Watt, Steve Mitchell, Daryl Kelly, Rebecca Frazell have been doing to really build this club up is working. I really think that this is something that is going to be special for us this weekend. Again, we've never played on the grand final stage though, so it is a daunting prospect. Apparently, it's meant to be the hottest day. I think I saw this on your post, didn't I? Um, the hottest yeah. day in recent history or something? Yeah, hottest day in modern day grand final history. I think I saw up to 35 degrees. So the NRL is currently considering, do we move the final to a later time? Or do we implement <laughs> drinks breaks, longer half time breaks? Um, and round four, we lost 22 to 10 at McDonald Jones Stadium against the Knights. Yeah, yeah, to your point. So I'm laughing right now because I'm thinking, can you imagine if the Warriors had made the grand final? They're already, they were already complaining that we had to play at 7.30, which is 9.30 their time. Can you imagine them putting an hour back? <laughs> It'd be 10.30. They would be flipping. Would They'd be flipping. But yeah, look, I think that we've got a really, really good chance in this game to, to take it out. The Knights are favourites for a reason, but the Roosters were favourites for a reason. And again, we beat them, and I can't get enough of saying that, because their team, uh, they really put a lot of investment behind. Let's put it that way. They put a lot of investment yeah. into their uh, their Roosters team, and obviously it uh, it didn't come up trumps. But you know, sometimes, and this is how you got to look at the grand final, if you haven't been there for a long time, it's nerve-wracking. It's it's something really difficult to, um, you know, really come together and understand how to keep composed. That's the main thing about grand finals is composure because it is the peak, is the be-all, and sometimes the team can come into it and be so nervous and just mess up completely. Or on the flip side, that positive energy that we're bringing to the club right now 
going into that grand final for the first time. They're fresh. They, they're just going to throw everything they can at it. You know, maybe there might be a few hiccups here and there, but overall, just the severe momentum that the Gold Coast Titans have right now can really push behind them to give them that lift against a Knights team that we know that we can beat. They are not an unbeatable team. They are the favorites for this grand final. They won grand final last year, but fun fact for everyone, in 2020, the Dragons won the wooden spoon. 2021, they made the grand final. Fair, they didn't win but still made the grand final. 2021, the Knights won the wooden spoon. And then 2022, the Knights won the grand final. In 2022, the Titans won the wooden spoon. In 2023, now we're in the grand final with a chance to beat the Knights. So, you know, it's definitely able to be done. The, The Knights did it last year. We can do it this year. We've got the team list here. And, you know, to see the fact that on our reserves... The star talent of Talia Fuimaono, you know, we've also got Emily Bass there on the extended reserves and whatnot. To not be able to fit these girls into our team right now, it's just, it's, it shows the absolute sheer quality that we do currently have. Yeah, well, Bass and Fuimaono are their best are Australian Jillaroos players and, and Origin stars there. I look at this game and I think, look, as dominant as the Knights are, and I do think a lot of that is, how can I, how can I respectfully say this? Like, it's the, media casually covering the NRLW, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Knights are dominant, but they're not like a Penrith Panthers. Um, I Absolutely. hate to use examples from men's and women's, but that's just the best one that fits for this. They've won one more game than this all season, right? And can we be completely honest? Yes, they won the grand final last year. They beat an eel side that won one game in the regular season. Do you know what I mean? Like that's they're, still they're crazy, a very different side to us and we need to acknowledge that. They've won one more game than us all season. So if the media wants to make them out to be this unstoppable juggernaut, it's just not true. Sure, they do average 25 points per game to our 18, but they do concede an average of two points more per game also. You combine those two stats together, you get a difference of roughly six points. And that's just, exactly what the betting line is. I just want to jump in here quickly before you move on from that point. I think that another thing needs to be said about the fact that we started this season off poorly attacking-wise. So that 18 points there is a little bit unfair, to be completely honest with you. Because, like I know it's technically a stat. I get that for all the stat wizards out there. But it is still a stat, and that is what's happened. But the fact of the matter is, we started off the season scoring 16 against the Cowboys, 17 against the Broncos, 10 against the Sharks, 10 against the Knights, and then 8 against the Roosters. And then from there, we've then gone and scored 23, 16, 34, and 30, and then gone up against the Roosters to win 12-0 there. So our attack is actually a lot better than what it was. So going to this game, although you look at that and say, oh yeah, we only score 18 points on average per game, I think that if you want to go back past our, last, our most recent games, we're probably on an even standing point of around 23 points, 24 points on average. 23 points, you nailed it. 23 points on average in our past three, which then brings that margin with them conceding two more to literally bang on money, even money uh, either side. So for those that would say we're not a chance in this one, and I think that would largely come from external fans, do you really think the occasion of a grand final where they are playing for the entire Gold Coast and to win the first ever trophy for the Gold Coast, you really don't think that can influence a six-point swing in a game of rugby league? Like, that's a converted try. It, it's not that much over 70 minutes, if I'm absolutely honest. And I, I and I say that because when you really break this one down, sure, I can see exactly why the margin is set six points in their, in their favor. But you break it down statistically, it really doesn't matter. It's a grand final. Anything can happen. 
and heart and desire cannot be measured in stats. Now, they do complete 1% higher than us, but their tackle efficiency rate is 4% lower than ours. So you break this one down, I do see statistically why we are slight underdogs, but our sign has shown through their mentality, particularly last week, that we can overcome being outsiders. In this instance, slight outsiders compared to last week. Uh, so I'm, I'm really feeling confident. And, and I'm not saying that to give off a fake confidence for our listeners. Genuinely, I'm really, really confident we can get this job done. What are your keys to victory or things you're looking or hoping to see in this one when you break it down? The keys to victory is going to have to be the defensive, you know, stoutness that we showed in the game against the Roosters. But, you know, to reiterate as well, when you compare the Knights and the Titans defensively this season, we've given up 126 points. They've given up 119. But fun fact for you, that's not including the finals game from last week where they conceded 24. So across actually 10 games, we have a better defense than them. We have a better defense. So we would be still on 126 because fun fact, we gave up zero. And the Knights... Plus the 24, the Broncos scored. That's plus one. That's 129, 139, that's 143. So we actually have a better defense across the season than them by 18 points. So it, although you can give the attacking market to them, and their attack is obviously much superior, our defense is superior to the Knights. It's just a fact. That's a stat for all the stat wizards out there. Um, so I think that it, we had to limit a Roosters team that has scored 284 points through nine games. Right? That means that we've held them to zero, that means that we are, again, the best defensive team in the competition. So if we can hold a team like the Roosters, who scored 60 more points than the Knights this season, if we can hold them to zero, we can do the same thing with the Knights. You know, we've got a really, really good defensive team, and I think our attack has started to click as time has gone on. And again, I didn't think that we actually looked like we are going to lose that game at any stage, looking back at it now. At the time, yes, but in looking back at it, I didn't think we were going to lose that game. You go into the comparisons here. Avanya Politi versus Tamika Upton. Uh, I do think Tamika Upton does win this battle simply because I think she's probably going to win the Dally M this year in the NRLW. Uh, she's an incredible player, but I don't think Politi is that far off. Politi could also. You know, she could win the fullback of the year. It it's, yeah. would not be a complete shock if that happened, but I do give the slight edge there to Tamika Upton. She's been here before. She's done it before. She did it for the Broncos. She did it for the Knights. She's one of the best players in the competition. You go to the wingers now of Karina Brown and Destiny Menos in a party versus Jasmine Strange and Sheridan Gallagher. Gallagher might win one of the winger of the years uh, for the tournament. I, I think she's been absolutely phenomenal for the Knights. I think as a as a whole right this very second, I do think our collective of Minnesota Party and Karina Brown take it over. The likes of Gallagher and Strange, but Gallagher for me this season has been just absolutely primo of a position. You go into the centers now, Jamie Chapman and Noel Williams Guthrie versus Abigail Roche and Shanice Parker. Again, Shanice Parker is a great player, but just the form of Jamie Chapman and Noel Williams Guthrie, it's a really good wash battle there. Like, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, these battles are really, really quite even, to be completely honest with you. I will lean with us, but it's a really good battle there. And you go into the halves with Georgia Roche and Jesse Southwell versus Shante Kitaratu and Lauren Brown. Jesse Southwell is the primo of this position here, to be completely honest with you. But Lauren Brown has that experience. She knows what she's doing. And Shante Kiriratu has done a fantastic job of really immersifying herself into this team to, to help us get to this place where we are in a grand final now. So I, I think that I might... No, I think that overall, I think that's a good battle. I think that uh, that is a really good battle there. So I'm actually going to give that as a bit, a bit of a wash, but Southwell, you've got to look out for. Front row is here. You jump in real quick. They, their halves are 23 and, and 19. So they do have quite young and inexperienced halves there. A good chance for us to get them off their game and potentially take advantage there. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they definitely are young. Shantae is young, but Lauren Brown has that experience. Absolutely. So, look, it's going to be a good battle on the halves. I think the forwards here, you guys know what I'm going to say. Front row forwards are Taylor Predabon and Caitlin Johnston versus Shannon Mato and Jessica Elliston. We have the best front row forward pairing in the competition. I think we win this in a landslide. Taylor Predabon's great and Caitlin Johnston's great, but Shannon Mato and Jessica Ellison will win this front row battle on the weekend. I just, I, I, I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee it. You go into the hooker department, Brittany Braley-Nardi versus Olivia Higgins. I'm taking Brittany Braley-Nardi, also locked in for a nomination, nomination spot for the Dally M's tonight for you guys. Um, it should be a good one there. Hopefully she can take it out. I think she's got some pretty stiff uh, competition, but... I do give her the battle here in this hooker department. You go into the back row, Zara Canfield and Charlie Bent versus Yasmin Clydesdale and Leishon Albert-Jones. I give our back, back rows the battle. I give our back rows the battle. I think our forward line, our forwards are just simply much better than what the Knights do have, even though they are a solid forward pack. I give our back rowers the, the, the lead there. And then when you go to the lock, Hannah Southwell's fantastic. And Georgia Hale is Georgia Hale. I'm taking Georgia Hale there. So And they're both the captains. But I think Georgia Hale is the best lock in the game. I think Samama Taufi's up there. I think that Hannah Southwell's up there. You know, you've even got a bit of Kennedy Sherrington. But, you know, Georgia Hale this year has, for me, been the lock of the year, the captain of the year. And she's had an absolutely incredible year. And then finally, in regards to the interchange, Nita Maynard, Tiana Davison, Kayla Romaniok, and Rima Butler versus Riley Jorgensen, who is an absolute train, Stephanie Hancock, who is emotional, passionate, loves his team, runs the ball hard, and you can notice when she comes on the field that the whole team lifts. The whole team lifts because she gives them that lift. She give, I would love to see her get a try in this game, man. Anytime try scorer, get on Steph Hancock. It would be amazing to see the reaction if she does. Sienna LaFippo actually comes off the bench really well, and we implement her really nicely. I think she had a great game when she came on against the Roosters. And Danny Paresi is a fantastic player as well. And God help him if Talia Fui-Maono is able to get a crack at this team as well. So, look, I, I think that we convincingly, for mine, win the forwards battle. The backs battle, I think the Knights have the edge. But overall, it's going to be a fantastic game, so I'm really looking forward to it. Let's go back to Ta Talia Fumayone for a second. Do you bring her in? The logical person that could miss out is Lafipo. I'm, I'm indifferent about it because Sienna doesn't play huge minutes off the bench for us, and it largely is a depth role there at hooker to give Brittany a rest or in the halves as we need. And I feel like Fumayone can also cover that as well as maybe centers if required. But look, if I have to give an answer... I'm going to say no, just because I think it's unfair for it's the harsh, FIFA yeah. to miss out. Yeah, I think it's too harsh. So I'm going to say no. Do you agree, or do you just think we've got to get our superstar marquee signing in there? I will say, like, at the end of the day, it is a business. And at the end of the day, harsh is harsh, but, you know, fair is fair as well. So it's like, if we need to do it, then we need to do it. But I think that, and I was speaking to a few people about this this week, I think we need to keep the same team. I don't think that you want to change, especially like we could not be getting rid of Shante Kidiratu right now when yeah. she's been the girl throughout this this second part of the season, actually throughout the most part of the season. We couldn't take her out for uh, Talia Fuimono. And Sienna Lafippo, it would just be really, really harsh to make a grand final and then say, hey, listen, we're, we're, we're going to drop you now. I, like I do... I do know it's a cutthroat business, and trust me, we are moving down that pathway with how the Justin Holbrook and Desi Hasler situation unfolded. But the fact of the matter is, is that she is fantastic to Leah. She's absolutely unreal, but it's just unlucky that she has been injured for the most part of this year, and we have had the team to, to get into the grand final. I mean, not the right week to discuss it, but something we will have to break down in the postseason after we win the, the granny is how does she get her way back into the side? Who does she replace? 
Uh, it might come down to people that potentially leave the club and sign elsewhere. We don't know yet, but uh, it's a tough one. And I completely mm. agree with you. Um, if I'm a businessman and it's a result, and I absolutely, uh, ha- and I'm just looking at this impartially with no connection to the club, I'm going to drop Lafipo and bring Fumano in just for her experience for the Gillaroos and the Blues um, and, and the Dragons. They're making the grand final in the past. But as a passionate Titans man and a Titans fan, I think Siano has absolutely earned the right I to I trust Karen Murphy, there. man. I trust Karen yeah. Murphy. She knows what she's doing. But Aaron Booth action on the side, I'm telling you, they know what they're doing. Well, back to my keys to victory. And I actually do mention both of them in it. So that's a really good segue. My key to victory in this one, I've gotten these somewhat right throughout the year. I've gotten a few games where I was way, way off. But mostly I feel like I'm seeing it pretty well. Um, and I don't claim to be an expert, of course. I'm just a general fan. But my key to victory is slow the ruck speed. Now, it's a grand final, and there's no six against in the NRLW. The last thing the referee wants to be accused of is having a chocolate whistle and blowing it all day and ruining the grand final. So, I say, lay in this ruck and really test the referee out early. See how much we can get away with. Which is That's what the Roosters not... were doing in the first 10 minutes oh, of our game. They what? Mm. There, was a, there was a dozen penalties that weren't called. If I'm being absolutely But honest. I think they got caught up on it. I think they got caught up on it eventually and then stopped. Yes, yes. And that's what allowed us to take the momentum. Mm. So I think we need to test this referee early. Find out how much we can get away with in the ruck there. Because that's where the Knights are so strong, in my opinion. They do have a very quick ruck speed. And that enables their outside players to get involved and target a defensive line that's not quite set and not quite ready. Looking across the fence from us, I think our pack was just as strong as the Roosters pack. And we managed to get over the over the line there. We need to do the same here against the Knights side that is similarly a very tough forward pack. My only criticism of that Roosters game, I felt like our hit-ups were very one-off the ruck. And that might have been intentional to slow down the Millie Boyles, etc. And I thought that it did work in the end. But I'd like to see our forwards run slightly wider here. And when that first contact does come, if it's from a marker that's coming across hard, I'd like to see the offload. I want to keep their forward pack moving. They will tire out before we do. I know that. Respectfully to Taylor Predabon and Caitlin Johnston, they are both great forwards when the Knights have momentum and it's going their way. But if we make them move, we move this ball around through offloads and through running slightly right or off the ruck, I know our forward pack is fitter. I know Elliston and I know Marto are going to give us more than their forwards are. I think if we combine those two facets of the game, we will tire out their forward pack, which in turn... Limits their momentum, limits their ruck speed, like I said. And I think that will flow onto their attacking players having limited opportunity, particularly with our defense and what we shown last week. Now, why am I so excited breaking this down? If I'm seeing this, I know full well the likes of Karen Murphy, possibly, well, I'll say it, the greatest women's coach of all time, and Aaron Booth, who trained with Karen Smith and under Craig Booth, Bellamy. What a bloke. They're seeing this and they're seeing absolutely more. They're seeing way more than what I'm seeing with this this little breakdown that I'm giving. So if I see these keys to victory as so significant and I get such confidence from it, I know our coaches with their expertise are going to see even more. And that genuinely does lead me to my tip of Titans by 10. I'm Whoa. really confident. I'm really confident, man. And I again, Titans says, I'm not saying this to mislead you. I, I'm, I'm really confident. I hope you can hear my words and my conviction right now. And believe me when I say this. Having looked at this one, I'm really confident we win by 10 points. Final point for me. The NRLW's Clive Churchill medal equivalent is actually called the Karen Murphy medal. And I just think it'll be so special and so cool to see Karen actually award that to a member of our team when we win. Um, So I just can't wait for this one. 
Um, let's go over to you. Any final words and predictions? I, I know you might have a, a Karen Murphy medalist in mind. My, I tell you what, I'm nervous, man. I will be at the grand final. Fun fact for everyone, I will be sitting in the Penrith section. Uh, there is no Titan section this week, and unfortunately, there's only the two men's side uh, sections. So it's no surprises and no shock horrors of why I would be sitting in the Penrith section, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but yeah, look, I think this is a, a really exciting moment here. I think that it's going to be a hot day. Uh, I think that that usually does lead to points, as we found out every time we play on the Gold Coast in that real hot weather, 38, 34... This is the men's, but the women's don't usually play in the hot areas of the year. Usually it's through the winter end of winter months. So I can only go based off of what we see in the men's in that regard. And we usually do see points because players get tired, they get really lethargic, and then there's much more gaps there because defense obviously does weigh in harder there. Uh, you can push your body a lot more to, to, to run rather than to tackle when it's as hot as it, it can be. Uh, so I do think there could be a few points in this game, but I'm going to go by four points. I originally, funnily enough, was going to say 10 points. I originally cool. was going to say that as well. Uh, but the more I think about it, I do think the Knights have the experience to really keep it close here. And I don't think 10 points is a blowout by any means as well. It's only two tries, and that could easily be, you know, all the way... Because that 12-0 game for the Titans was extremely close for the entirety of the game. Um, so I'm going to say by four points there. In regards to... I can't even believe I just said that I think the Titans team is going to win a grand final, man. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I go and have a look at this team who, who I think is going to get the MVP the Karen Murphy medal. I actually did this on my Instagram just before. I'm going to give it to Georgia Hale. I can't go down from my girl. I can't back uh, anybody else but my girl right now. I, I, I was with her preseason. I've been backing her in all season. I'm saying Georgia Hale, over 50 tackles. Bank that in, 50-plus tackles. And we're going to say that Georgia Hale scores a try as well. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to say 50-plus tackles and a try. You can't take it away from her. Karen Murphy medal, captain of the year, lock of the year, lock it in, Eddie. Titans win a grand final. Chee-hoo. Let's get it. And Georgia Hale has been in the NRLW since its, since its inception. That was a real tongue twister. She's been there for a long time. <laughs> and uh, it would be awesome to see her win. I think she's a great option. My other picks, and I hate to say picks, but it's so hard to just pick one person. I think realistically it will either be Hale, Marto, or Politi. Yeah, and I, well, I that's the three that I was three thinking. Yeah. Picks, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I so yeah, I, I don't really see a Smokey winning to be honest, just because those three are so important to everything we do. If I did have to go an absolute Smokey that no one could see coming, I'd go pretty Brownie Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I went to, but I'll go someone different. Niall Williams-Guthrie with her, mm. with her gold medal experience there for the Kiwi 7 side could oh. really relish this big stage and big opportunity. So she'll be my smoky pick. Yours is Brittany, and I love that one as well. There we go. We're both tipping Titans. We're both, bringing, uh, we're both tipping gold for gold, which is our NRLW side's motto all season. What we're going to do for this next section, now we want to stay wholly on the NRLW today. Um, obviously because of the gravity of the situation, the fact we're in a grand final. We're going to go through the NRLW Dally M review and review which of our girls are a realistic chance there. Before we get to that, though, I want to pause for one second and just say that it does feel that this season in particular, our girls are attracting more interest than ever before. Absolutely. And it's kind of giving me Matilda vibes where they captured their audience being the Australian public. We've captured our audience being the Gold Coast. Now, I hope in some small way our podcast, if you're listening, has played a small part in that. Um, and we'd be really, really humbled if it had. 
I um, will but, say in regards to that, man, just quickly, is that like it would have come out by now. No, it will come out at 6 p.m. today. But uh, a lot of people who do follow, uh, I have actually gone out and put the word out to uh, put together a, a message from the fans where a lot of different fans from different places who all support the Gold Coast Titans have sent in their videos. We've got a couple of the boys as well from the Gold Coast Titans team put in a video uh, on, on BKR Sport and the Titans front line. So definitely check that one out. But every time that I, I, I talk to somebody about it, they're like, we're loving the podcast. You know, a lot of people have been saying that they have gotten into the NRLW through the podcast, through BKR Sport, through Clarkie's Rugby League column because they see it amongst the NRL stuff. So I think this is a really good thing where we've not only just done the NRL, which everyone does, every single person can do, but when you mix it with the NRL and the NRLW, the people who actually just listen for NRL will also be forced to listen to the NRLW and then probably go, you know what, I'm going to have a watch of a game and then realize it's a good quality content, it's a good quality game, it's a good quality business and go and check it out and support their team. And, uh, you know, I've had Rabbitohs fans message me today getting around the Titans I've got, you know, Panthers fan who sent one in as well. So we're really starting to encapsulate this uh, this community here on the Gold Coast, and that's what it's all about. And for our listeners, that was an intentional strategy by us when we sat down and discussed the podcast. When we did start it, we ne- we knew straight away that this needs to capture everything Titans, not just our men's side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I'm not trying to claim, and we're not trying to claim any credit at all for what our girls have been able to do. That's not the point of what we're saying. Um, we just want to show our appreciation to everyone who's jumped on board. We love to see it. And as I said, if in the smallest possible way, in the smallest way possible, we contributed that, then that's makes us both really, really proud that our strategy did pay off. Um, we love our girls side. We love everything Titans. So let's jump into our NRLW Dally M picks. Now I don't have any notes prepared for this. I want to work through this organically with you as we go. Hmm. So for fullback, we have, Dragons fullback Tegan Berry, Ivania Politi, our fullback, of course, and Tamika Upton. As good as Politi's been this year, I think Tegan Berry, because she's played on a Dragons side that has struggled, whenever they did get a win, or even when they lost, like when she versed us, for example, she had the hat trick of tries, I believe it was. Like she she's is gonna four. be pole four. Oh my god. She is gonna be polling these six or at least, you know, you'd think three votes per game. So Tegan Berry would be my pick. I'd love to see Politi win it, but I think realistically Berry gets it. Um, who do you think might win that battle? I originally thought that Tegan Berry was going to win it, but I think Tamika Upton from the Knights is going to win it because okay. when the Knights kill it, it's it's usually Tamika Upton. She's experienced from her Broncos winning days. She's experienced from already winning the Premiership last season with the Knights. And just Tamika Upton, for me, is the best fullback in the game. And, you know, I really... I, I unfortunately think that Ivania Politi might actually come third out of the lot here. And I know there's no actual one, two, and three, but this core talent of these three fullbacks is so special that what Tegan Berry has done for the Dragons this year has been unreal despite them not being a great team. And what Tamika Upton does for the Knights and being a great team, a lot of the time with the Dalian votes, you'll see that it usually goes to the winning team. Like the more most points will go to the winning team. Uh, so I feel like, yeah, Tamika Upton, for me, uh, in much more winning games than Tegan Berry, probably notches her a little bit too much. I believe the NRLW is still the same, where if you're the highest in your position, you get the Position of the Year award. But I know in the men's NRL, they have changed it this year, where throughout the year, they get Six experts points, to vote. Uh, so it's six points vote to vote. That's only for the Dally M top medal, though. Uh, oh, for okay. positions of the year, they ask experts throughout the season to vote who's the best, and then whoever polls the most in those wins. So I think it's a, that's a little bit sillier, but um, I think the women's game is still purely points. 
That's really confusing. I wish they would just do the same situation. Like just just make it simple, man. Rugby league is a simple game. Make it simple, man. Yep. And even with the three two ones that people criticised before, like nine times out of ten we got the right Dalian winner. Um, these changes are. We'll see how they pan out um, once the podcast. Uh, well, after the podcast is dropped, of course. Let's go to wingers: Jakai Whitfield, Sheridan Gallagher, who we, we just mentioned, Julia Robinson, Jamie Frezard. Um, we've got Tungai from the Raiders and our girl Destiny Minnesota Party. I'm going to lock Destiny in for one position, and I think the other one will be between Jamie Frezard and Gallagher from the Knights. Do you see it that way as well? Yeah, I would love to give this to Destiny because I think that she right now is actually one of the more underrated wingers. I, I think that she has been unbelievable for our team, but I do struggle to go past Sheridan Gallagher and uh, Jamie Fresson. I, I, I really think that those two have been the absolute stars for their teams, and obviously those two teams did finish first and second. I think Destiny Minosina Party is so unlucky to miss out here due to how quality she has been. But I do really struggle to go past Gallagher and, and Fressard. And, you know, you look at the, the Dalian voting, it doesn't include this week just gone. It's only the regular season. And I think that, you know, if you include this week just gone, Destiny Minosina Party gets a spot. But I think without that last week where I gave her three points, I thought she had an incredible game. I do give it to probably Gallagher and Fressard. And if I was to take one away, I'd probably take Fressard away and give it to Destiny. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty accurate breakdown. Uh, it, yeah, you're right. I think Gallagher locks in one spot, and it's between Fressard and our um, Destiny. I hope, it's Gallagher, I hope it's Gallagher and not Gallagher. Uh, I, I it I've mixed it up three or four times now. I think I said it both ways there. So I have two, bro. I have two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll find out soon enough. <laughs> uh, let's go center of the years. Now, there is Anessa Biddle. There's Melly Hufunga, Jamie Chapman, our center, Shanice Parker, Jessica Sergis, and Isabel Kelly. Uh, I'm going to rule out the two Rooster centers. They mm. were exceptional this year, but I feel like it's a side that shares Dalian votes. I think Melly Hufunga from the Eels. <laughs> I knew. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not an inside. It's an inside joke for everyone here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't edit it out like I asked you to. Oh no! Um, I told you I wasn't going to edit it out, mate. I told you. Yeah, well, you didn't lie. Uh, look, I think <laughs> I think she's got five tries in a game and had a try assist earlier this year. Yeah, she's who finally locks up one of those. But I'm going to lock in Chapman, man. I feel like she had a really, really great season for us. So I'm going Chapman and Hufanga from the Broncos. Who are you going for your center picks? Man, you're making me feel bad here because, like, I want to go Chapo, but I also think that Shanice Parker probably gets it in for the Knights, to be completely honest with you. But Jamie Chapman has also been fantastic this year. Melo Hufunga is a non-negotiable. That is a non-negotiable. And honestly, I would not even throw it out of the equation that she could win the Dally M. Like, she would get a lot of points throughout this season. Melo Hufunga is an absolute machine. So, you know, Melo Hufunga is a non-negotiable. And then it comes down to between Chapo and, and Shanice Parker, look, I got her back in my girl, but just okay. Look, my head, my head says Shanice Parker just, but my heart says Chap- Jamie Chapman. All right, so just let's take it that way. Yeah, well, I'm going El Chapo right there. <laughs> Five eighth of the year, we don't have a Titan in the race here. It's Gail Broughton, Taryn Aiken, or Sahara Tamara. Um, we don't need to break this one down too much because no time. But I think you think Taryn. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did lead the competition in tries. I think it's between her and Gail Broughton until Riley um, Jorgensen owned her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll go Gail Broughton to be different there, but that, that's a close one there. Halfback of the year, we do have a horse in this race. Uh, we've got Racine McGregor, Lauren Brown, and Ali Brigginshaw from the Broncos. Did, do you reckon Loza played enough halfback to win it? Do you think she did? 
It's going to be Ali Brigginshaw, man. Mm, that's what I'm it's thinking. Go, like, it's if Lauren be played out, the whole season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. If Lauren played the whole season, yeah, but she was obviously in the nine for the most part as well, of all for half of it, and then another half of it. It shows how quality she was for us to be nominated for halfback of the year. Um, but yeah, look, I think that Ali Brigginshaw from the Broncos is she's she's a fantastic player. She's 33 years old. She's been an absolute leader of the game for a very long time now. And although I'm not a big fan of the Broncos, you can respect talent when talent is in front of you. And Ali Brigginshaw, I think she'll probably get that. Most definitely, mate. Well said. They're props. We've got two horses in this race. It's Ellie Johnston, Millie Boyle, Sarah Tongatuki, Jessica Elliston, Shannon Marto, and Brianna Clark. I thought Brianna Clark got suspended, but it mustn't have been long enough to rule her ineligible. I think Shannon Marto is locked in. That's a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. I'd love to say Jess as well, but I just feel like if Shannon's going to be there, she will have taken those votes from Jess. Where, as we always say, yep. it's usually one or the other. They're so similar. Um, so I'll say Shannon, Marto, and Millie Boyle for my picks. Do you see it that way? I'm really thinking Sarah Tongatuki for the Tigers. I like Shannon Marto, absolutely. Guaranteed, 100%. Yep. Yep. I think Sarah... And I originally would have actually come in and said maybe Marto and Ellison both get together, but you make a good point that they'll take points off of each other. Um, but I still think Shannon Marto has got enough points there. I'm going to say Sarah Tongatuki, but like Millie Boyle is just so consistently quality, so consistently good. So it definitely wouldn't surprise me for, for her to get it, but I'm going to go Shannon Marto and Sarah Tongatuki. You're not a bad pick, especially if, like we said in that Brewster side, they do kind of take votes from each other with their high-scoring wins. Hooker of the year, I'll let you go first for this one. We've got our girl Brittany Braley-Narty in there against Emma Manzelman, a premiership winner last year who moved to the Cowboys, and Destiny Brill, a former Titan. Do you reckon Brittany gets the job done here? Oh, Emma Manzelman was unreal for a Cowboys team this year that is their first year in the competition. I think mm. that my head is saying Emma Manzelman, but I do think Brittany Brownlinardi has had a good season coming into that hooker role. However, she also was mainly on the bench for the most part while Lauren Brown was that first half. So maybe the same issue with Lauren Brown might come into play here. And I think Emma Manzelman probably gets it over the top. I do think Brittany would be second and Destiny Brill would be third. But I just feel like, oh, it, yeah, it's it's a real tight battle here between Manzelman and Braley Nutty. It comes down to the fact that Manzelman played the entirety of the season whilst Brittany played that second half of the year in that hooker department. So... I'm going to lean with Manselman on that basis, but I would not be surprised if Brittany gets it. I agree. I've got Manselman, uh, just because I remember correctly, the first four rounds, as you said, Brittany was sharing hooker time there with um, Lauren Brown. Destiny Brill, that's a player I'd have loved to have keep, uh, kept. I actually rate her higher as a lock for obvious reasons. Yeah, I think she's a player. Not, yeah, just wasn't open. You know, you just You can't have two quality locks like her and Georgia Hale with the salary cap. Second rower of the year. I'll let you go first again. Kezi Apps, our girl Shaylee Bent. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce this. Otessa Pule, Olivia Koenig, Yasmin Clydesdale, and Mahalia Murphy from the Eels. You're going to lock in Bent for one of your picks? Yeah, I will I will say Shaylee Bent gets it. I think she's been our X Factor this year. I think she she will have got enough points to, to get the job done there. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at Mahalia Murphy because she wasn't happy with the drums uh, at Seabus when we absolutely put them under the sword. Uh, uh, but <laughs> yes. she wasn't happy. She wasn't happy, right? But um, And finally, uh, yeah, I have interviewed her on, on my channel before, but <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, but Shaylee Bent for me will get one. Kezi Apps was incredible for the Tigers and Jamie Sal would have been spewing that he lost her uh, to the to the Tigers from the Dragons. I'm thinking I'm thinking Olivia Koenig could be the other one. I'm I'm mm. thinking Olivia Koenig and Shaylee Bent for mine. Yeah, that's who I singled out, Olivia Koenig and Shaylee Bent. 
Um, yeah, I'll agree with you for those two. Lock of the year. I feel like I don't even need to ask this, but I'm kind of. Um, is it Samima Taufa, Maria Denman, or is it our skipper and our inspirational leader, Georgia Hale? I think my lock of the year is the Gold Coast Titans to win the grand final this week, thanks to Georgia Hale. That's what I'm going to do. That's that's my lock of the year. Yeah, I think Georgia Hale. I I, I think that Samima Taufa is very very quality, and you know, shout out to Maria Denman. But I'm taking Georgia Hale in a canter. Same question for captain of the week. Although swap out. Uh, Mariah there for Ali Brigginshaw. I'm still locking in Georgia Hale. You see it that way as well? Uh, yeah, I'm taking Georgia Hale again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that she gets lock of the year and captain of the year. And I mean, you can't go from a wooden spoon to making a grand final and finishing in the top four and, and not be captain of the year. It's an incredible turnaround, which leads us to our coach of the year. Ronald Griffiths from the Knights is nominated. Karen Murphy, the first woman in NRLW Premiership history to make the grand final. And Darren Borthwick from the Raiders, who, if they had have beaten us in the final round, would have been the only expansion club to play finals, but they fall short. Again, man, I'm locking Karen, and I'm not really thinking about it too much. you agree? Yeah, I don't even think it should be an argument. I've seen people saying Darren Borthwick for, you know, getting this Raiders team to be competitive in their first season and coming fifth. But the fact of the matter is, is that Karen Murphy beat them in a, in a canter, again, to come third, and has now gotten to the grand final by beating the preseason favourites, a team that came Wooden Spoon last year, and is the first ever female uh, coach to get a team to the grand final and potentially to win the grand final. History can be made this week in so many regards. One with the Gold Coast, two with Karen Murphy, and three, which has been the best damn world team in the NRLW. So, yeah, look, I think I'm, yeah, I'm going to take Karen Murphy there. I, I think Borthwick will be relatively close, but you can't go past Murphy. When we talk Rookie of the Year, we've also got a tight in this race, of course, being Riley Jorgensen. China Pallada, who played for the Maroons on the wing, um, went with the Cowboys this year. She is an option there. I believe she played back row for the Australian Prime Minister uh, 13, so versatile. And Anessa Biddle, or Biddle, the Shark Centre. Um, who are you locking in for that bit? Really tough one, man. I'm going to lock in our girl, Riley Jorgensen. I thought she was absolutely unbelievable throughout the season. Like, she, you'll see her in the tackle of the year in a little bit too. Like, she just... Every single time she came onto the field, there was just an absolute ferocious energy that she was just going to pump someone. You know, she was just going to pile drive someone. And, you know, she's... Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love what Riley's brought to this team this year, man. And with her pink headgear, you can't miss her. I'm taking Riley Jorgensen. Fan favorite. And that leads us into the NRLW Proven Summons medal where she's nominated as well. But just quickly, I have seen that Sarah Tongatuki actually did lose six points for a suspension in round six which means your prop picks would then be Millie Boyle and Shannon Mato with mine. Uh, when we talk NRLW Proven Summons medal, the Proven Summons is the fans award. Um, really interesting one. Like, someone like Nathan Highmarsh never won the Dallium itself, but he won the Proven Summons on multiple occasions. We've got three nominations here. Lavinia Gould, Tony Hunt, and Riley Jorgensen. Now, I think Riley is already a fan favorite and captivating audiences with her hard-hitting technique and the way she goes about her business. I think she deserves to win based purely on football. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe Tony Hunt has come back from cancer this year. Mm-hmm. She rocked up the training last year um, feeling a little bit off, went and got scans and discovered the devastating news. And the fact that she's made it back to professional rugby league, I have to think she'll win for that. That's a really, really incredible comeback and remarkable story. And I don't think overcoming something that serious and getting back to professional footy should overwrite uh, an incredible season that Riley has had also. Do you agree with that? 
Yeah, I'll go Tony Hunt as well. I think that's a phenomenal story. You know, it's not easy to do. It's not even easy to get into the NRLW or a professional league in the first place, but to do that whilst coming back from cancer is just something that is unheard of, man. Absolutely unheard of. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's a really incredible thing that she's done. So as much as I love Riles, uh, I do have to go Tony Hunt there. Yeah, and it's it, it's well-deserved. I don't think, although we're all passionate Titans fans, something that serious, um, we, we can't argue too much when we look at our men's side and we have to you throw did forget one what have i forgotten the, the with that try one? of the year try of the year okay we've got three nominations for this tegan berry liana tufanga and jesse southwell i'm gonna guess one of tegan berry's is one of the ones against <laughs> us that's why i wanted to mention it man because yeah i think tegan berry gets it yeah and that was one of her four she scored against us but we still won and we watched that game live together in melbourne um, which we, yeah, that was awesome. Take that, Get enjoy, enjoy <laughs> We both we'll said it at the same time. <laughs> we'll, we'll enjoy the premiership, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I love oh, how we've just decided though. to start insulting Tika Berry for no apparent reason, oh. just because. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she is absolutely joining the Mariah. No, not Mariah Demon. Who was it? Malia Murphy. Uh, Mahalia fan Murphy. Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's uh, she's joined that. Yeah, club they're going to sit down the south end of Seabus and just you know just scream scream at me even when. They're they're not playing. They're just gonna sit down there and just, just, <laughs> just go against every chant that we start in the front line. That's what's happening. But uh, yeah, yeah Tegan, you're a good player. But listen, you're not a Titan, so it is what it is. Yes. And on the men's side of things, Dave Fafita, our only nomination. That's because Tino and Mo were ruled ineligible due to being suspended for two weeks or more. I've got Dave for my Dalian back row of the year. I think he wins it alongside Britton Nukera from the Sharkies. You agree with those two picks? Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's just as simple as that. I think Dave Fafia definitely gets it and uh, and, and Britt Nakora as well. I'm pretty happy to go with both of those. I think that a lot of people uh, don't watch enough Titans games to have an understanding that Dave is clearly the number one back row in the competition. It's not even debatable. It's actually not even a question. Like Dave Fafita this year was the best back rower in the competition and that is a fact. So people don't actually look enough to know what they're talking about before they jump on and go, oh, how is David Fafita nominated? Well, you're going to hate it when his name is read out first, mate. But yeah, look, I think that those two guys have been incredible um, and, you know, showing the Islander uh, the, the Islander growth right now. One of them from, is Britain Cora? He's Kiwi and Dave is Tongan. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I think over 50% of the NRL at the moment has Polynesian heritage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in Australia do. Um Pacifica heritage, actually, not Polynesian, which includes Melanesian culture as well. Hey, Fiji. well, my, my daughter's Fijian Rotuman, so, uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 me too, all right? Even though not technically, but me too. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a mixed cat myself as well. I've got a little <laughs> bit of everything in me. Hey, listen, um, whoever's but, winning the World Cup at the time, I've got part blood in them. How about that? How, yeah. We'll go with that. I, I, I like that. I like your way of thinking. Uh, but look, guys, it is grand final week. If you want to chat Titans footy, the best place to do so with us and other Titans fans is the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast. That's a group on Facebook. Search it up, apply to join, and you better bloody believe we will let you in you when we go it. forth <laughs> to the 2023 NRLW Premiership. That's all we've got time for on the show today. But from myself, thank you very much to everyone who has been here for our previews throughout the NRLW season. Of course, this will be our final one this year. We'll be back next week to recap our grand final victory, and we cannot wait. Gold for gold, the first ever silverware. Come back to the Gold Coast Titans, mate. That's all from me. Thank you very much, listeners, and over to you.
Yeah, I was about to say as well, you know, we uh, will have to go through and like we did with the men's team, we'll have to review the back line and then review the yes. forward line and whatnot. So, you know, people are going to look and see that obviously the season's coming to an end, but we will still be creating content. We're going to do our best to get some of the boys on. I've already spoken to a couple of the boys at the awards night last week, which we didn't actually even cover, by the way. Um, I think that's because it's been about a week now. But, um, you know, we wanted to really focus on the women's this week because they deserve it. They deserve to have the limelight. And uh, trust me, they will get all the limelight on Sunday. And if we win, I'll be in tears. I'll be in section what one four two I think I'm in uh, <laughs> sitting alongside the Panthers I, uh, all the front line and Titan stands are all over the place because it was so hard to get tickets man it was like one ticket here one ticket there one ticket there it's all over the place but all I know we're going to have a good time and I'm going to bore my eyes out if we win it doesn't matter that it's the, the women's competition because for me it's the Gold Coast Titans it's the community it is one club one dream and we just keep on cracking on to really represent our community and where we're from, man. So, yeah, really excited for this week. Obviously, we appreciate you guys as per usual. We did receive a message or two for like Q&A and whatnot on the Facebook group. But we'll have to do that next week because we really just wanted to to really lock in on the Daly M's, which is a big one tonight, which you guys will be watching, and also that NRLW Grand Final. But like I said, appreciate you guys. If you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. If you're on Spotify or Apple, leave us a review. We've actually got some really nice reviews in the last week or so, so we appreciate that. We had one uh, clown, uh, but <laughs> you, you're going to get them. You are going to get them. Uh, but no, yeah, we appreciate all you. What's that? Sorry. We had a Knights fan. Or maybe it was <laughs> Tegan Berry. Maybe it was Tegan Berry. Yeah. <laughs> or Mahalia and Murphy. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a conspiracy we've got to unpack next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. But yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thumbs up, subscribe, and we will see you guys next week when we crown the Gold Coast Titans women's team as the grand final winners for 2023. Karma girls, let's get it.